reading today from Matthew 6, verses 25 to 34, page 685 in your Bibles. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow was thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. Well, good day, everyone. Uh, good to see you this morning. My name is Scott. I'm one of the pastors here at Trinity Church, Mulberry. Uh, fantastic to see you here this morning. Uh, I was at a university cafeteria and I got talking to this guy. And after a while of talking, I asked him, <clears throat> I asked him this one question. I asked him, mate, if you could ask God one thing, what would it be? And he stopped for a bit and he had a bit of a think. And he turned back to me and he said, I reckon I'd ask God, hey, what are Thursday night's lotto numbers going to be? Good thinker. Uh, recently at our church, we've been asking our, our friends and our family that question. If you could ask God th- one thing, what would it be? And we've taken the top four most common questions for God. And in January, we're seeing what God has to say for himself. So far, we've asked, hey, God, are you really there? And then, God, wh- why am I here? But today we're asking, hey God, what does the future hold for us? Now people actually asked all sorts of questions about the future. Some of them were uh, a little bit on the funnier side of life, like uh, when is the Port Power going to win the next premiership? And I think we all know the the answer to that one, don't we? 2020, of course, right? Yeah. You've got to give the Power fans a little bit of something. Um, uh, some of the questions were general about the future, like when are world leaders going to achieve peace and uh, is there life after death? But a lot of the questions were actually really quite personal questions about the future. Does my future include children? Uh, is my ex out of my life for good? Will I find someone who's loyal to me? We want to know what's going to happen in the future. Because if you know what's going to happen then, it's really clear how you're supposed to live life now. Last year, I read this book. Um, uh, It's about an English teacher who travels back in time and his objective is to kill the guy who assassinated JFK before the assassination. And because he's from the future... He knows exactly what to do in the past. He knows which sporting teams to place the right bets on, 
so he gets some money. He, he knows where not to be so he can avoid any danger to his life. He, and he knows where, where to be at the right time, at the right place, to stop the assassination. Wouldn't it be nice to get that sneak peek into the future? To know what's coming? It would give you so much more clarity about what to do in the here and now. But that's just the problem, isn't it? We don't know what the future holds. And that makes us worry. I read an article on ABC News this week. It was a series of interviews done with people who were born in the year 2000. And believe it or not, they're 20 years old this year. Um, But as they were talking about their lives, you could tell what their big worries were. Some talked about uh, concern about the effect that Donald Trump is having on the world or or how climate change is impacting the environment, or if social media is actually doing more harm than good. But really behind all of those questions is the same question. Is my future going to be a good one? Is there something to look forward to? Uh, You might have different concerns. Is the economy going to tank and ruin my investments? Am I in the right job? Is my marriage going to last? If only I knew the answer to these things, but... But I just don't. So I worry. I worry about what might, what might happen or, or what might not happen. I worry if I'm making the right decision or the wrong one. I, I reckon this is why horoscopes are still a thing. Um, we're so concerned about wanting to know what the future holds that we'll even look up to these rocks flying around in outer space for any sort of guidance for our lives. So surely then, though, Surely, if, if anyone can help us out with our questions about the future, surely it's got to be God, right? Isn't, isn't he the one who's supposed to know everything? It's exactly what we're going to do today. We're going to hear from God through the Bible, and we're going to ask, hey, God, what does the future hold for us? And God has got a bit to say. There's an outline in the leaflet there. If you'd like to follow along with that, then please do. If you'd rather not, then feel free not to. Uh, But here's the first thing God says about the future. And I want to warn you, this might be a little bit disappointing, but uh, the first thing that God says is silence. That is, God doesn't tell us what the future holds. Here's, here's the Bible. This, is, this has got God's word in, in it to us. Sometimes I think it'd be nice if I could just flip to the back page there in the index and find Scott, Scott, there's Scott Westwood. Ah, yes, and turn to page 786 and, oh, there it is. And, and oh, yeah, look, it tells me that uh, I'm going to have, a, a, yes, a nice life and live in a nice place. Oh, that doesn't sound very good, but that's still coming up in a few years' time. But I think I can get... The Bible's not like that. I can't do it. God doesn't tell me what my personal future holds. It also doesn't tell me what generally the future holds. I, I, I can't go and find out what are the major world events of 2020. God doesn't tell us these things. Okay, so we can just go home now, right? That's easy. We're all, we know the answer. We just walk out. No? Okay. You want something more? Right. Um, there is more to say too. In fact, I think there are three things that God does tell us about the future. Firstly, God tells us that the future is going to be full of good things and bad things. When we think about the future, we want a good life, don't we? Uh, One where uh, America and Iran don't go to war. 
one where the bushfires don't wreak devastation across our country. That's what we want. We want a future where we'll be happy and enjoy the good things in life. And God says that there will be good things in our future because we live in a good world. See, right back at the very beginning of the Bible, right back when God got this whole thing kicked off, each time God made something new, he looked at it and it was good. So God makes light and it's good. God makes land and sea and it's good. And each time God makes something, this is the pattern. God looks at it and sees it's good right until the very end. And at the very end when he's finished everything, God saw all that he had made and it wasn't just good. It was very good. You see the point, right? We live in a good world. So it's actually right to expect that we would experience good things in our lives. But at the same time, God tells us that we'll experience bad things in our future too. God has made uh, this good world, but it's been uh, broken. When I was growing up, uh, we had a particular PowerPoint in our shed, and I knew that we weren't allowed to touch this PowerPoint. Um, PowerPoints are great things. I don't know how they work, uh, but you plug something in, you flick it on, and good things happen, right? The TV comes on, the, uh, everything works. That was true of this PowerPoint in our shed, but something happened. Uh, it, if you tried to use it, that the PowerPoint would start to give you an electric shock. Now, I don't know if you know anything about electricity, but that's a bad thing. Um, that's kind of like our world. It's a good thing, but it's been broken. Now, bad stuff happens too. And our world's been broken because we, as, as people, as humans, have gotten out of step with God. We live in God's good world, but we kind of push God to the side. We want very little to do with him in our lives. And this puts everything out of whack. Have you ever seen the movie iRobot? It's a little bit old now. It's set in the future where robots are part of everyday life. Humans have made them fit for purpose to help out and do things. And everything seems to be going really well. But of course, the main character, Will Smith, he doesn't trust robots. And would you believe, he turns out to be right, the robots start to turn against people, they try to take over. And, and as they do, society gets completely broken down. Because the robots here are living out of step with the ones who made them. And so Will Smith has to come along then and, and rescue everybody. That's what we see in the Bible. Not that we're robots and not that Will Smith is the rescuer, but, but we, we've turned against God, the God who made us. And as a consequence, now, now things are out of whack. Now things are broken. The world we live in is broken. Look on the screens at what God said to the first people who turned against him. To the woman, he, that is God, to the woman God said... I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. And a few moments later, God turns to the man, and he says, Cursed is the ground because of you. 
Through painful toil, you'll eat of it, eat from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you'll eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you are taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. So you get a picture here of life in God's good world being turned upside down. Now we expect things like pain. We expect turmoil in relationships, even in marriage, especially sometimes in marriage. We get lonely. Work is hard. Life is toil. And then at the end of it all, death has the last laugh. Which means our future is no longer just good because there's this brokenness to life. The world isn't as bad as it could be, but God tells us now we're going to experience good things and bad things. And they're not necessarily in equal measure. Some of us will experience more good than bad. Some of us will experience more bad than good. And it just ring, this rings totally true to our experience, doesn't it? But at the same time, it doesn't really help us with our question. The future is concerning. We, we don't know what's going to happen. There are all sorts of things to worry about. And all God says is, oh, look, good things are going to happen and bad things are going to happen. How does that help? It's just more, it's more unknowingness. If anything, it will probably cause me more worry. Because God is saying bad things will come. Now I'm just waiting for them to come. And maybe that makes me worry even more. So does God really help here at all? This is where we need to go back to that part of the Bible that Bethany read for us just before. At first, it might have sounded a, a little bit trite. You know, God just says, look, don't worry about stuff. But how helpful is that? What are we supposed to just live in some kind of dreamland where we simply make all of our troubles disappear by the power of positive thinking? I don't think so. But God is telling us something. He's telling us that the way to do life in the unknowingness, is actually to do life with him. That's the third thing God tells us about the future. The way to do life in the, in the unknowingness is to do life with God. Uh, most of us have some kind of idea in our head about what God would be like. Maybe he's this kindly old granddad in the sky. Maybe um, he's a bit of a, uh, a killjoy. Maybe he's completely detached from us or whatever. But did you notice how Jesus talked about God? Jesus is talking to those people who, who follow God. And he says to them, God is your father. He talks about God as, as a heavenly father. The one who treats us as his children, who he loves. All those kind of things that we want from our earthly fathers, uh, love and acceptance and care and provision and protection and guidance in life. We want, the, we want our, our, our earthly fathers to be like this, and to some extent they are, but they also fail at different times, don't they? Uh, they at different times in different ways, our earthly fathers will fail us in these ways. I know, I, I'm a father, and I know I sure do, but, but God is not like that. He's, he's the father who doesn't fail. His care for his children never wanes. His, his love for his children never, die, never dulls. Even when I do stupid things. 
Wouldn't it be good to walk through life with a God like this? A God who loves you like this? The other thing to notice about God from that passage is he actually has the power to act as well. See, at times our earthly fathers will want to do good things for us, but for whatever reason is they can't. They can't just stay and play all day. They sometimes have to go to work. They love to buy the gift, but sometimes the budget just won't stretch that far. But God is not like that. He's the one who has the power to feed the birds, even though the birds don't sow or reap or store up food. God is the one who beautifully clothes the flowers of the field, even though they have no idea what the latest fashion trends are. And you're more valuable to God than all the birds and all the flowers. Not only here is God good, but he's also powerful. He's he's able to provide. He's able to care and guide and to show the full extent of his love for us. And when life is full of unknowns, isn't it good to walk through that unknowingness with God? With a God like this? It doesn't mean life will be all rosy and happy. And we're going to delve a little bit more into that kind of question next week when we ask, hey, God, why are things so messed up? But in the unknowingness of life, in in the, the highs and the lows, the good and the bad, wouldn't it be good to walk with the God who does know? We, we might not know what the future will hold, but... But wouldn't it be good to walk with the God who does know what the future holds and who does love us and who's able to act for our good out of his love? Don't you want to do life with this kind of God? We're asking about the future. And God really hasn't given us any specifics yet. He tells us there'll be ups and downs, and the best way to do life is to do life with him. But there is one thing that God is very clear about, that God God does indeed tell us what the future ultimately holds for us. And it's a good future. That brokenness that we talked about, that brokenness that, that, that means our world is now thrown out of whack, out of order, God says, I'm going to fix that brokenness. I'm going to restore things. To, to, he, he says, I'm going to, to renovate, to, to recreate the world and make it right again. And it's going to be great. Um, God's given us a, a glimpse of what that future looks like. Check it out. It's on the screens. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first, first earth had passed away. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he'll dwell with them. They'll be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Doesn't that sound just amazing? 
a future without sadness and suffering. The beginning of something new and entirely good. This is a future to look forward to. With God there. But of course there's an issue here, isn't there? Remember what we said before. There's, there's a brokenness in the world. And there's a brokenness because we are out of step with God. That is, we're, we're actually part of the problem. Like the, the robots in that movie, we've, we've turned against the one who's made us and it's messed everything up. We're the reason for the brokenness. But you know, the story doesn't end there with God. God's actually provided us a, a, a way out of the brokenness. Um, it's like a, like a get-out-of-jail-free card when you used to play Monopoly. Literally, um, this is why Jesus is so important to, to Christians. When Jesus died on the cross, there he pays the penalty for what we've done. For, for, for turning against God and for bringing brokenness in, into the world. Jesus is the one who cops God's judgment for that. And then because he rose to life being coming back from the dead, Jesus can promise us new life with God, where a life where our past is erased, um, a fresh start with the God who made us. Jesus provides a way out of the brokenness, which really then leaves us with a choice. Firstly, we can choose to ignore what God says. We can, we can keep going our own way and, and doing life without God. But we do know that's going to be a problem because we'll keep being part of the brokenness and God isn't going to let that happen forever, not in his world. There will come a time when God will judge everyone and for those who are ignoring God, that, that judgment will be terrifying. Right now we experience a life where there is, there is good and, and, and there's bad as well. But if God's judgment falls on you, then actually God's going to separate you from anything that is good. Only bad remains. That's the Christian idea of hell. That's what hell is. And it's terrifying. And I don't want to take this lightly. I don't want to say this to to scare us. But we do need to hear what God has got to say. Ultimately, God is saying, if you choose to keep ignoring him, then the future is very, very worrying. But there is another choice we can make. We can opt in now for this new life with God. A life where we are forgiven and restored because of what Jesus has done. Yes, a life where we'll actually keep mucking up. And, but we're covered when we do. We've got the get-out-of-jail-free card because our, our new life doesn't rest on how, how I perform, but our, my new life rests on what Jesus has done for me. It's a life where we'll still experience bad things now, but we do look forward to that new creation where God has promised to end sadness and death and tears and everything that is bad. So if you choose to take God up on his offer of new life, well, then your future is actually assured. You know where your future is. And ultimately, that future has nothing for you to worry about. 
And there'll be some of us here today who have actually already opted in to that new life with God. And it's, it's wonderful, isn't it? I say, isn't this the, the, the balm that soothes all of your worries? To know God as your heavenly Father. To be assured of His love for you day by day as you walk through both good and bad, as you walk through things that you don't know what are going to come. To, and to know that as you do that, He's actually got a place saved for you in His new creation. Is this you? That, that today you've, or you, you're, you're someone who's already opted in for this? I just want to say, keep looking forward. Keep looking forward to what God has in store for you. Looking forward to going home and being with your God. Yes, there will be unknowns that come along the way. Some of them will be good and some of them will be just downright bad. But God has a place for you, saved by his side in the new creation. Put your hope there, friends. But maybe you're not quite like that. Maybe you're here today, and actually today's the day when you're realizing for yourself, actually, I do want to start doing life with God. Is that you? Is today, if, if that is you, yeah, fantastic. There is nothing better to do with today than to start doing life with God. Um, it, and please tell someone, please, today if that's you, please tell someone that you're, that you're ready to start this new life. Tell the person you came with or, or, or grab me afterwards or come and grab Craig or write it on your, that, that, that comment card or, or come and join us at the prayer corner later. And Craig will tell us about that soon, but... Uh, whoever it is, make sure, please do tell somebody because you're about to start something that's very new and very precious. And it's right to have someone with you as you make those first steps in your new life. Please do tell someone. But there'll be others of us who are here today and we're just not quite ready to jump in yet. Perhaps you've got more questions. You want more information. You just need more time to process it or is that you? If that's you, um, I just want to say, come along to the Life Series. Craig is going to tell us more about this in a moment, but um, I just wanted to get my plug in as well. Uh, the Life Series is great. It really is. It's relaxed. It's a bit of fun. Um, but we'll just lay our cards out on the table. Um, uh, the things that Jesus says about life and us and God and Look, you can come along, you can ask any question you've got, you can come along and just sit back and take it all in, um, whatever suits you. But it's the perfect place to keep considering what it means to do life with God. And God says for all of us, when we think about the future, that's actually what we really need. We need to do life with God. He's the good heavenly Father who will walk through the unknowingness of life with us. The good heavenly Father who will bring us into a new creation, one where pain, sadness, suffering, where, where, where death is done away with. What a God we have. Wouldn't it be great to walk through life with this God? What a God we have. I'm just going to pray now and, and just say thanks to God. Um, if, if pray, you might be here there and praying is not something that's 
that's normal for you, and that's okay. Just feel free to let this wash over you and um, um, be part of it. But um, I'm going to pray and, and lead us together as a, in a time of prayer. Will you pray with me? God, when we hear these words of the Bible, we cannot help but say thank you. Uh, Father, despite the brokenness of life, a brokenness that we have caused and that we feel the effects of in our lives, we want to say thank you that you haven't turned your back on us like we turned our backs on you. We want to say thank you that even though we don't know what's in the future and even though you haven't told us, that you do let us walk through life with you. Thank you that you're our Heavenly Father who wants good for us. Thank you that you're our Heavenly Father who has the power to act for our good. And thank you for that great promise of what's to come. Father, we thank you that the new life you have for us is good. Uh, Grow wherever we are today. Father, please help us come uh, one or two steps closer in growing our trust in you and in what you said to us today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.